Today on episode number 589 of the School of Podcasting, we're going to go over some things that I feel are essential to your podcast website. And also, over the years, I've had my opinions on things, and I always preach you need to be open to feedback. And today, I received some feedback that might actually lead me to change my mind. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to bring my 20 plus years of helping people understand technology, and I'm going to help you massage your message. I'm going to help you tackle that technology that you're so afraid of. Oh, it's really, it's not a big deal. We're going to help you face your fears, flatten that learning curve, and not just get you podcasting, because look, you can go out to YouTube, you can watch a bunch of old YouTube tutorials from 2012, and uh, and then in about, I don't know, probably six weeks, you'll be banging your head against the wall going, why didn't I listen to Dave? Because I get you podcasting in the right direction. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up. And uh, I look forward to working with you on the inside. Well, this week, I went on the inside of a brand new podcasting event called Big Podcast. It was a lot of fun. And that is uh, put together by my buddy David Hooper from Red Podcast, Rick Roberts from the School of Laughs, and I picked up my buddy Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity 2 Podcast and got to meet some cool people, some old friends, uh, Master Cauldron from Cauldron's Crypt, uh, Joe from OnFaithEdge.com, really cool folks, got to play Asteroids. How I mean, that you want to talk about going back in time and having some fun, and uh, had a good time in Nashville. And just to give you a behind the scenes of what's going on here, I knew that I was not going to get back until about 10 o'clock. And uh, I got back right at 10 o'clock as I record this. It's 10.47 p.m. on 10.22. And I want this to go on my website in about an hour in 10 minutes. So I typed up all my show notes ahead of time. And I'm going to be going over these. And if all goes well and my mouth stays with us, uh, we'll be fine and dandy. So what we're going to talk about today, the first thing is your website. And I've had people ask me this question, what do I need on my website? And the honest truth is, well, first of all, let's start off with, do you need a website? Yeah, I think you do. And I I think because somewhere in the future, you're going to ask your audience to go somewhere to do something. And it's much easier. I'll give you an example. If I wanted you to go to uh, Apple Podcasts, I could just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash iTunes. And yeah, I should probably change that link, but that'll take you right over there. If I wanted you to subscribe to the show on Android, you could go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Android. And for me, which sounds more authoritative, schoolofpodcasting.com or blogger dot, or what about, hold on, schoolofpodcasting.blogger.com. Yeah. So I think you should have your own website. I think you should have your own domain. But once you get a website, let's not have the battle right now of Squarespace versus Wix versus WordPress. Uh, Most people use WordPress, but this particular discussion has nothing to do with any of that. We're talking about whatever platform you have. These are the things I think that you should have on your website because people are talking about, you know, how do I get more downloads? How do I get more, you know, how do I get my stats up? How do I grow my audience? Well, these are the things I think you need. Now, I will say this. This is just my opinion. 
It really is. It's just my opinion, but I'll try to explain why. And part of it is, it's going to depend on what is, is your website a website for your podcast that, that also spotlights your podcast. So let's say I have a bunch of products and I have, uh, you know, I, I just have other things. I have a business that also has a podcast. Well, okay. Or do I have a podcast that I use to promote my business? And there's a difference because if I have a business that has products and, you know, uh, customer support and all sorts of other things on it. And oh, by the way, you have a podcast. Well, when you go to that website, your website might be focusing on your business. Whereas if your sole thing right now is your podcast that you're hoping to use as a business, well, then you want people to see how to play, how to subscribe, things like that. So one is focused on the business. One is focused on the podcast. And it's hard to do both. But I'm going to go with this. Is This is a podcast website. And the first thing you need is when I go to your website, is there a play button somewhere? Think of this as kind of like a free sample. You know, if you go to the mall, there's always that person in front of the, the chicken place or the pizza place, and they've got some sort of chicken on a cube that's on a, a toothpick, and they hand it to you. Well, if you, and they do that because they want you to subscribe to their chicken by going and buying the whole sandwich. Well, same thing here. If someone is going to subscribe to your show, they need to hear it first. And so if you have to have them click through there and then click there and then scroll all the way down at the bottom, oh, there's the play button, it ain't going to happen. It might happen. But think of this play button. It's it's kind of a, a teaser for people to get a free sample of your podcast with no commitment to buy. Just click play and give it a, a listen. And so that is why I think you need a, a play button there because you don't want people to have to go, you know, have you ever gone into a store? Let's let's take something like Home Depot and you're looking for, I don't know, something obscure and you're just walking around. You feel like you need to take a bus over to hardware to figure out where it is. If you make it hard to find the play button, you're going to get frustrated. And there are times when I've been like, and you've ever noticed that when you need somebody in Home Depot, there's nobody around, right? So don't make that the experience for your visitor to your website. The other thing you need, and I'm not making this up, this is a true life story, is, well, check this out. It's a contact button. I was reading an article from Pod to Pod. Are you familiar with Pod to Pod? It's P-O-D-T-O-P-O-D.com. It's a great website. They have all sorts of information about the podcast industry. Uh, Joe and Matthew over there doing a great job. They have a, a Slack group if you want to join it. And it's really something that if I have a choice of going to my Feedly, where I have all my blogs, a lot of times I'll just go over to Pod to Pod because they've done the work for me. And I was reading an article there, and I'm not going to throw this person completely under the bus, but it was about a podcaster that might have a good because of my podcast story. And we've got one of those today here in a minute. And um, I was like, that could be a good because of my podcast story. So I go over to their website. And it wasn't that they renamed the contact button something cute like, buy me a coffee or something. You're like, what does buy me a coffee mean? Oh, it's my contact. No, no. There was no contact button at the top or the bottom or the left or the right side of the screen. There was no contact button. It wasn't on the about page. Some people do that. You click on about, then here's about the show. And then I'll no. it just, there was no contact button. The only way to contact this person was via Twitter. 
And so being a podcast consultant, I know the power of the RSS feed. And I also know in your RSS feed, there's your email address. So I flipped up the code, got a face full of code, dug through it and found the email address. And can I please remind you that 99.9% of the people would not go through this step to get your email address. And I'm old. I like the emails. I don't want to do the tweet book. So uh, make your contact button easy to find. And again, don't get cute with the name. Just have it say contact. It's kind of what people are looking for. So do you have a play button? Do you have a contact button? And your about page. And there are two answers here again versus, I, I mentioned this at the beginning, is your show, is your website about your business that happens to have a podcast or is your website for your podcast that might have a business? So I realize, again, there are two different things going on here. So if you have an about page, you might want to have it be about your company. But if this is primarily a podcast page, I feel the first paragraph on your about page should explain to people what your show is about, what they can expect to hear on your show or see if it's a video show, and how they should feel, maybe. And drop some names here. You're, you're giving them a description that makes them want to go, ooh, you know what? I do want to click play. Then you could have a paragraph about the host or host. But I would lead with, here's how you're going to benefit from listening to my show. That's your about page. So again, you need a play button, you need a contact page, and a about page. The other thing you need is we love to talk about, hey, you know, go find me in Apple Podcasts, go find me in iTunes. And I, I mentioned in last week, we need to start using subscribe on android.com right now until Google gets their act together. But right now, Apple has a huge amount of the market when it comes to podcasting. And so people love to say, find me in iTunes. Well, can I tell you something right now? That right now I believe there's a bug. It sure looks like a bug. I'll put it that way. In the Apple Podcasts app here on October 22nd. And what I mean by this is if you type in the name of your show, it may not show up and it will show you only four. That's right. Count them four results. Now, when you click on the show all button, it might show you 10, maybe 11 results. So right now, if you tell somebody, hey, go find me in the Apple Podcasts app, they're probably not going to find you. And that's kind of really spooky for people. This is why I say send them to your website and have subscribe buttons on your website. Have, if you want to go the extra mile, the extra credit, don't just make a page with buttons. Make a page with buttons with directions on how to subscribe. You know, click on this purple icon, go to the search icon. Uh, do this, do that. And if Google would get off their butt and make a native app for podcasters, that would be awesome. They did just buy an app called 60DB. So they might be doing something with podcasting in the future. They've, they've been making noise. But at this point, subscribers, by the way, subscribers, much, much, much more important than ratings and reviews when it comes to rankings, all that other fun-filled stuff. So subscribe buttons. Do you have subscribe buttons for Apple Podcasts and some sort of Android device? Don't leave out the Android people. And if you can, if you want to go the extra credit, put some sort of directions on how to do it with screenshots. Because you got to remember, a good 60% of America, at least, if you go, yeah, subscribe and Apple Podcasts, they have no idea what you just said. You might as well have said, you know, move face banana patch. It's just not, what? Who? 
Third arm, what? So, so those are the things I would say. If you're starting on a podcast website, those are the bare basics. And really, you don't need a whole lot more than that on your website. Yeah, we're rocking the country coming back from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, home of a lot of drunk girls on uh, doing the bridal shower thing. Yeehaw! Yeah, it was great fun. And uh, you heard me mention, because of my podcast stories, if you've never listened to the show, this is a segment I love to do, and I would love to hear your story. Here's how it works. If you can answer the question, well, because of my podcast, and then you answer it, and it's something that you wouldn't have been able to do except for you had a podcast, well, I want to hear about it. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, just like Scott did. Check this out. Hey, Dave, it's Scott Orr from the Code 3 podcast with a Because of My Podcast story. My show is about firefighters, and it has a small but growing audience. I got a call a couple of weeks ago from a PR agency. They wanted to know if I was interested in previewing the movie Only the Brave for a Code 3 review and interviewing some of the people involved. Now, this is the movie about the Granite Mountain Hotshots who were based in Prescott, Arizona, where I live. Nineteen of them were killed fighting the Yarnell Hill Fire in 2013. Needless to say, this movie has been a big question mark for people who live here. So, of course, I jumped at the chance to review the film and do the interviews. And surprise, surprise, I was assigned to talk with Brendan McDonough, the only survivor of the hotshot unit. I also got to speak with a former hotshot in that same interview. And now I've produced several episodes about the movie. Go see it. To quote Daniel J. Lewis, I highly recommend it. And by the way, I took the advice you and Jim Collison gave me about my voice. Go to Code3Podcast.com, check any of the latest episodes, and you'll hear what I did. It's in the first 30 seconds or so of an episode. Thanks, Dave. You've been a real inspiration, and I really appreciate your help. Thank you, Scott. And I'm not going to fill in the answer there. you got to go to Code3Podcast.com. It's very cool what Scott is doing with his podcast. And also, speaking of uh, Daniel J. Lewis, since I picked him up at his house, can I let you know I got to hold the noodle baby? That's right. Noodle baby. And I think somewhere in the future, we're going to have like a cute off. It'll be noodle baby versus um, Sedona Kremitzos, who is the daughter of Katie Kremitzos of Bizwim and Rock. And, of course, Chris Kermitzos, who's the man behind PodFest.us. And uh, these two are, it was just amazing. I love babies anyway, but uh, the noodle baby is definitely a keeper. So, uh, Daniel and Jenny, I think it's time to work on number two because you did really good on the first one. So, just get going. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. So, the uh, next thing we want to talk about here is, are you open for new input because sometimes well i'm just right right you have that one well of course i'm right and i do a podcast with eric k johnson called the podcast review show find that over at podcastreviewshow.com we have two versions of reviews if you want to actually not be on the show but have us review your show 
Uh, there's a light version. And if you want to come on with two live breathing podcast consultants and have us go over your your content, your website, your flow, everything, check it out at podcastreviewshow.com. And it's interesting because some people will come on that show and in the past, again, not going to throw anybody under the bus, but in the past we've had people uh, that were, well, shall we say, uh, in no way open to any kind of feedback, which was kind of interesting. And so it's it's one of those things that if have you ever heard where if things are repeated enough, especially on the internet, um, people just believe it, even though it's, you can go in and say, well, here's an example of one. If you launch with multiple podcasts, and we're going to be talking about this in a second. If I launch with eight down, if with eight episodes, when somebody subscribes to my show, I will get eight instant downloads. That is not true. It's really easy to check, but people have repeated that over and over and over enough that people believe it's true. It's not. And so, what we're going to talk about here is I always consider the source when it comes to facts and I try to allow new ideas to challenge my beliefs because if I have a belief, I should be able to defend it and say, no, this is why I believe this. Here are my facts. Let's line your facts up against my facts and see if maybe there's actually another thing called the truth and maybe we were both wrong. I'm open to that. It's the teacher in me. My background's in teaching 20 years again of teaching in the corporate world. And one of my mantras is constant improvement. So if I'm going to believe something, it is typically based on things that I believe to be facts and and beliefs are based on input and your ideas and your feelings. And those feelings can skew your input. I know this is like turning into a psychology class here, but actions are based on beliefs. Beliefs are based on perceived facts And facts are based on your input into your brain. So let's say, for example, I don't like coconut. I just don't for whatever reason. And pretty much uh, any candy bar with coconut, I'm probably not going to be a fan. I don't like the texture. Just bleh. And then one day somebody handed me one of those Sobe drinks. I think that's how you pronounce it. S-O-B-E. And it had some sort of coconut and I think it was vanilla. Something like that. I wasn't sure what it was. They say, hey, take a drink of this. See if you like it. And it was basically pretty decent. It was white, and uh, I didn't know it was coconut. And it turned out it was actually pretty yummy. And so if my thought was, I don't like coconut, I just drank something with coconut in it, and it was pretty good. I now have new input. And I now can say, with a more refined kind of idea here, I don't like something that is predominantly coconut. But I, do, I don't mind it if it's mixed with vanilla. Right? I have a new belief system. I've opened up my mind to that. My sister once, uh, I, I, my sister liked sausage, but she didn't like kielbasa, or so she said, for whatever reason. Don't ask me why. But she, um, yes, I'm throwing my sister under the bus. She doesn't listen to the show. It's okay. And... Uh, but she said she didn't like kielbasa for whatever reason. And so one day I was making dinner for, for us and uh, we were out of sausage. So I made kielbasa and she's like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever it was, mac and cheese and kiel, uh, uh, not kielbasa, sausage. So I, <laughs> I let her eat like nine tenths of it. And I then said, oh, by the way, that's kielbasa. And she actually then 
um, spit it out and said, I knew something was different, even though she had already said it was wonderful. That is somebody who's not open to new, you know, doggone it, I'm right, I don't like kielbasa. So you have to be open to somebody challenging your belief. And in that case, my sister was not. So my belief was I don't like coconut. And by taking a look at the other side of somebody's story. Now, realize when you look at somebody else's side of the story, that does not mean you are accepting it. It doesn't mean you're believing it. It's just, hey, I'm going to take a sample of this and see what kind of data I'm actually looking at because maybe things have changed. So then allowing that information to influence your beliefs. My sister was not, um, but if you allow it to influence your beliefs, then your beliefs then influence your actions. So my actions might be, hey, that's that white Sobe stuff. I like that. Give me one. So you have to be open for input. So that's the end of our little psychology lesson. But here's some things. I have said for a long time that new and noteworthy actually does make me throw up in my mouth just a little bit. And because I've seen people, literally, they will do a podcast for, I don't know, eight weeks. So two months of work. They don't get into the almighty magic unicorn world of butterflies and rainbows new and noteworthy where you get 10,000 downloads and you can quit your day job and they will literally take eight weeks of work and throw it out the window because they didn't get into the magical place called new and noteworthy. And I've been telling people, if you go to newandnoteworthy.info, I have a video where people like Hall of Fame podcaster Elsie Escobar, Hall of Fame podcaster Rob Walsh, uh, Paul Culligan, Cliff Ravenscraft has said new and noteworthy is a complete waste of time. It's it's fun if you can get there. Obviously, you want to have a big launch. We'll talk about launching here in a minute, a little more detail. But for the most part, new and noteworthy is not what it used to be. And so I've said I wish somebody would would put out kind of a before and after. If you feel like sharing, if you've seen something different, I would love to hear it. And so uh, somebody did. If you go over to thepodcasthost.com, they have an article about how many downloads do you get on the front page of iTunes. And so really cool people by over there, by the way. Uh, you got Colin from, or I should say Dr. Colin Gray. He does uh, a great podcast. He's also from Scotland, and I'm not even going to attempt a Scottish accent. And uh, you've also got Matthew McLean. And so some really cool articles over at thepodcasthost.com. They also have classes, so if you don't like the School of Podcasting, go uh, throw a bone at Colin and Matthew. And he states in this article that being on the front page of New and Noteworthy, he said in this period uh, before before being on New and Noteworthy, they averaged 71 downloads per day. Now, at first I was kind of like, ugh, because downloads per day, downloads per month, not really a great statistic because I can say I got 100,000 downloads in a month. Great. That sounds awesome. And you go, yeah, I did 100,000 episodes. They all got one download, right? Totally. So usually I want to get into downloads per episode. And the cool thing is they actually talk about this at the end. Uh, But they said this was two episodes, right? 71 downloads per day. So I did the math on that. And we're going to call it DPE, downloads per episode. And they got 36 downloads if you divided that. So I'm like, all right, on their first day of being into, again, the front page here of New and Noteworthy. And the first day, the traffic went from 26 downloads uh, the day before 
and they say, by the way, that was our lowest ever, to 241. That's a little bit of a bump. Uh, if we do the math, 122 downloads per episode. Uh, Matthew does say, we released uh, episode two. So now they have actually three episodes because they had a trailer in episode one. Now they have episode two along with the trailer in episode number one. Uh, they did that on the 8th, which pretty much doubled the recent total downloads to 1,447. So again, they had three episodes now. We're looking at 482 downloads per episode. One day, they reached 1,928 downloads for that day. Now, if we look at that and say, okay, that's uh, 1,928 divided by three episodes. That's 642 downloads per episode. And uh, he also states in the uh, article, at the time of writing, episode one has 6,978 downloads. See, these are the stats I'm looking for. Episode two has 6,161. Episode three has 2,295. And he actually makes a really cool thing here because this is an audio drama that they are working on. It's a uh, new podcast, brand new, and it is called Hostile Worlds. In fact, let's take a second and listen to, they did a little promo. We talked about the trailer here. And this is one of the things you, again, you always want to consider the source. So let's check out their promo. Oh, hi, Matthew. Sarah, you're just in time. Am I? (laughs) What for? I've decided we need a trailer. A trailer? Oh, right, for for the ship. Yes, what were you thinking, um, flatbed, low boy, or extendable? No, not that kind of trailer. Trailer for the podcast, Hostile Worlds. Ah, I see. Here, do you want to do the honours? Oh yeah, sure. Exciting. Dramatic music bed? Oh, uh, yes please. Join us on a journey. A journey to some of the most inhospitable, humbling and frighteningly beautiful places in the known universe. From the towering Martian mountain, Olympus Mons, which stands three times the height of Everest, to the barren, scorched and suffocating wastes of Venus. the bottom of Titan's freezing hydrocarbon oceans to the giant red spot on Jupiter, a storm that's bigger than Earth itself. From the frozen and lonely plains of Pluto to the apocalyptic blast of an exploding star. Hostile Worlds is a podcast drama mentry series where you'll learn just how small and insignificant you really are. So come join us on board the Tardigrade, a ship that can float, fly, dive and dig through any environment in the universe. The Hostile Worlds podcast. Find us at hostileworlds.net
All right. How was that? Really good, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. What? Well, uh, an exploding star is not really a, a world, is it? Really? Eh. Uh, ah, I know, but that's just. And uh, drama entry. <laughs> really? Mm. I thought that was quite clever. It's like a drama, but it's a documentary. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, but it's just, just, oh, it's, it's a bit um, cringy. Cringy. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Did you have any other ideas? Um, maybe just something like um, Hostile World is a podcast that teaches you about all the dangerous yet fascinating places in our universe in a fun and entertaining way. Hmm. Okay, that works, I suppose. Then we just need to mention the website. Hostileworlds.net Job done. Great. See you in episode one then. See you there. So, this is kind of niche, right? Dangerous places on word, on, on Earth. Kind of science-y. So, it's, it's niche, but not super duper niche And obviously, with that promo, sounds like it's going to be kind of entertaining. And what's interesting now, first of all, this does not mean that you need to now, everybody needs to go to not episodic, but serial, meaning you're going to do seasons. But in this case, they did. And he noticed here that since they went from 6,978 downloads to 6,161 to 2,295, he said 30% of listeners followed the podcast from episode two to episode three. That's an interesting way of looking at it. If you are assuming, again, keep in mind here, remember I said, consider the source. That's assuming that everyone was using the Apple Podcast app, which uses those, makes it kind of lines people up so you would see the trailer, episode one, episode two. But that would not be the case in Overcast or Stitcher. So keep in mind right now that Albert is using that. And according to... The Vice President of Podcast Relations, Rob Walsh at Libsyn, when it comes to iTunes and Apple Podcast rankings, Matthew points out that 100% about, about the uh, the total number of new... Oh, wait a minute. 100%, he says, when it comes to the total number of, of uh, being a new and noteworthy, it's the total number of new subscribers in the past seven days with a weighted average for the last 24, 48, and 72 hours. So total number of new subscribers in the past seven days. I'll have a link to that article. It's a really good article, more to it, much more to it than uh, what I'm kind of tweaking here because, well, I don't want to just steal their content. Uh, That would be not nice of me. So uh, I will put links to this out in the show notes if you want to read the rest of it. But here again, I've been telling people I haven't seen anybody get any kind of, you know, uh, boost from this. And now this was a little different. This was being on the front page of New and Noteworthy, not being at the top of their category. So it's a little more of a boost. They explain how they did that. And for that, again, go out to thepodcasthost.com. Anybody else having the urge to scream out, hey, Grandpa, what's for supper? It's an old hee-haw joke. Just anyway, moving on to other things that I'm going, hmm. So with that, does that mean, Dave, now that New and Noteworthy does something for you? Well, being featured on the front page, now Libson had a show called Thanks Podcasting. That is a podcast 
about podcasting also featured on the front page of New and Noteworthy, and they got maybe a couple hundred downloads after a week or so, however long it was there. So I think it depends on what your show is, what it's about. But notice we're not seeing the 10,000 downloads, the 20,000 downloads that we hear. So again, I'm, I'm saying for the most part, the majority of people don't get much of a bump from good old standard new and noteworthy. But maybe if you can get featured, you might get a few thousand. So it's always something to shoot for. The other thing I wanted to, uh, last week I was talking about how the majority of podcasts come through subscribers. This is, again, why you want to have people subscribe to your show. That means every time you put out an episode, they fire up their app. There it is, boom, right in their face. My buddy Ravi from uh, the man behind Digital Access Pass. He's behind Coolcast Player, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, He's also got the Subscribe Me show. He sent a link to a post on Facebook last week, and uh, he mentioned there how he was getting a ton of plays by having a player on the front page, which I just talked about. And now he says, again, the majority of his downloads come from a mobile device. So again, subscribers are important, but in the post, and I'll put a link to this out in the show notes, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 589. He had that, he was getting literally thousands of downloads from his website. If I pull this up real quick, let me pull up this image for you. He was getting uh, on the Coolcast player 4,000 downloads. On his um, subscribeme.fm website, he was getting over 1,000 downloads. Different pages, again, had that. And I'll have links to this. So here's an example. Depending on your audience, they may want to not subscribe and just click play on your website. And by having a player on your website, that will, again, boost your downloads. Uh, he says a player on the website, he goes, it's more suitable, kind of what I was talking about, like introducing someone to your podcast, not necessarily for long-term consumption because not everybody's going to sit on a website for 45 minutes, but it's a way to introduce your site and then lead them to the subscribe button on a mobile app, which actually the Coolcast player can do that. He says you can uh, promote your website to uh, to cold and, and he says even lukewarm traffic like ad traffic and uh, social spraying content marketing. No, we're just spraying it out everywhere. He says you could also uh, use like a a pixel, like a Facebook pixel, um, and use that kind of information for what's called retargeting, which would then promote your brand. Um, You might be able to get them kind of in front of your your, uh, company, whatever you're doing there, kind of get them in front of your face, maybe connected with them on a, a personal video. There are all sorts of ways that you can, use, you know, marketing and pixels and things like that. Uh, You might offer them a lead magnet. There's all sorts of things to get them to your front page. And then if you've got a player there, it sucks them in, he says. So, so really cool thing. I'll have a link to his Facebook post, but here again, I was kind of like saying, Hey, you know what? In the end, it's all about subscribers. Sure. uh, You know, I think it's something like 80% of people listen on portable devices. Well, okay, but let's not blow off 20% of things. So Ravi, thanks for that post. And again, I don't want to blow off because I, I, I said before, you have to have a player on your website and he just did a nice job of going, yeah, you really do need a player on your website. So thanks for sharing that with me. I deeply appreciate it. 
Yeehaw. And uh, the last thing, this comes about from attending the Big Podcast event in Nashville. Find that at bigpodcast.com. David Hooper, my buddy, uh, came up with a slide. And before we get to the slide, think about this. Most really good ideas are not a single thought, right? Where you go, well, you know what? I bet if you put chocolate and peanut butter together, that would be awesome. Probably somebody said, you know what? I think peanut butter on apples would be great. Somebody said, you know what? That would be good, but it might be better if you put peanut butter and caramel together. And then somebody said, you know what? Instead of caramel, what if you substituted chocolate? And somebody went, wow, that's an idea, right? So what we're talking about here is some people will say, you need to launch with at least three episodes, with at least five, or with at least eight. And when you launch with more than one episode, the you I always say, you know, launch with as many as you want. Just know these facts. The additional episodes, so let's say you launch with, uh, we're going to use 25. Because David put up a slide that said, you need to launch with 25 episodes. And in my brain, I was like, what? What, what, what? Uh-uh. Right. I'm sorry. This door is closed. That is what? But again, you got to be open to feedback. You got to be able to look at their side and go, hmm, do they have a point? So I always say, as long as you know, as long as you know those episodes. So let's say you launch with 25 episodes, one through 24 are not going to download automatically. Your audience has to go back and manually download those episodes. And I've already said, New and Noteworthy will not deliver you 10,000 downloads per episode, if that's your goal, New and Noteworthy. And again, your goal should not be New and Noteworthy. Your goal should be connecting with your audience. If you connect with your audience, you should get into the ever-popular New and Noteworthy. And again, why should the other one, why you should focus on generating buzz when you launch. Again, remember, a podcast is a marathon and not a sprint. So those are the things I always say, look, as we get into this subject of how many episodes you should launch with, just know those things up front. Those are facts. That That's not, you know, we we just learned, nope, not 10,000 downloads and new and noteworthy. And the fact that when you launch with multiple episodes, only the latest one is going to download. The other ones you have to download manually. So some of the reasons you might not want to launch with 25 new episodes. Well, if you record 25 episodes... And you you launch with that, and people are listening to the first two episodes, even though there's 25, so they're listening. They might go, hey, you know that thing you do with the Super Jumbo Deluxe Lightning Round? That drives me nuts. That theme music is, like, way too loud all the time, and they just, yee When you go, oh, cool, I'll, I'll fix that in the future. Well, they got to sit through 23 more episodes where you've already recorded the Super Jumbo Deluxe Lightning Round. Unless, of course, you go back and edit 23 episodes. Otherwise, because you think about it, because they're on episode two, they got another 23 to go through, and your episode 26 will not have the Super Jumbo Deluxe Lightning Round, but they got to sit through the other ones to get to it. So that's a thought. You might pre-fade. Dave, what is pre-fade? Well, some people talk about pod fading. Scott Fletcher from Podcheck Review, a podcast back in the day, 2004 ish, super nice guy, not available, can't find it, but it was a funny show. It was about podcast news and he made up the uh, phrase pod fading. So there's a little podcast history for you. And what I mean by this is pre-fading is you never launch 
You never make it to episode 26. You never make it to episode number 25 because you're not seeing any downloads that, holy cow, I got 12 downloads today. There are actually people listening to this. You're not getting any feedback and you're not getting what I call gas in your tank. One of the cool things about going to Nashville this weekend was I had a few people come up to me and say, hey, I just want to let you know that, you know, without your podcast, I've, I've been listening for years and I just want to let you know, I couldn't have got it off the ground without your show. These aren't members of the school of podcasting. These are people that just listen to this show. So like John Derrick from uh, No Driving Gloves, uh, he stopped uh, by me. Uh, Jake uh, Roberts was uh, getting ready to launch a new one. We had a bunch of them. Uh, Lease from, I think it was Take Off Your Cool, Throw Down Your Cool, something like that. Uh, and it was just really, really cool to that. That is what I call gas in my tank. Not that I'm a giant egomaniac, but sometimes you kind of go, Hey, hello, is this thing on? Is anybody listening? And when somebody comes up and goes, man, thank you so much for your show. I actually launched a podcast. And so when you do episode 25 and you haven't got an ounce of feedback and you might be sitting there going, Hey Dave, I have 25 episodes online. I'm still not getting any feedback. Well, number one, let's go back to the beginning of the show. Is it easy to contact you? And number two, are you asking for specific questions? Speaking of that, I'll be asking you some questions in just a bit. But that's the number one to think about. That what if you get feedback and people hate your show and you're like, Ugh, it's in the other 23 episodes. Just something to think about. Number two. I know we talked about that pre-fade. So you might pre-fade because you're not getting any feedback. You're not seeing it go live. There's no little victories to keep you going. And number three, uh, again, people are going to need to go download earlier episodes because by default, they're going to download episode number 25 if it's your typical episodic kind of thing. If you have it set up to serial in the podcast app, they will download episode number one. They'll have to download the other ones uh, manually. So no matter which way they have it set up, they have to go download 24 episodes manually. They're not going to do it automatically. So, all right, so that's Dave's thoughts. And I'm like, mm, you know, how about three? Because I, I don't want to do 24 episodes that may never be heard for me personally. So, well, then I go to Big Podcast. Dave Hooper throws up his uh, his slide and starts throwing things out. I'm like, you know what, huh? Hold on a second. And this is by episode 25 you probably have a pretty good idea of what we call your voice. You're, you're kind of a little more comfortable behind the microphone. You're not reading things anymore on the thing. You're not boring. If you're just talking, uh, and, um, you, uh, you know, you got a little seasoning on you now. You're a little more confident behind the microphone. Well, with episode 26 now, when it comes out, you might be a little more confident. You might be a little more organized. You might sound a little more professional. And so if the downside is, well, they're not going to, you know, they have to manually go download the first 24 episodes. Maybe that's not such a bad thing because maybe the first 24 episodes aren't that good. Now here's where we can go back and forth on this and go, if they're not that good, why did you put them out? And so we'll be talking about that a little later. The other one is, well, what happens, you know, some reasons why it might be good to launch with 25. If you can't come up with 25 ideas for an episode, uh, maybe you shouldn't bother buying the equipment. If it's a show that's going to be going on and on and on. Now, if you're just doing a seven part series on the magic of bananas, okay, maybe you can do that in seven episodes. 
But if it's supposed to be an ongoing thing and you can't come up with X amount of episodes, eh, maybe you should save your money because I've seen people do that. And I went, that you know what? That's a flip on that. It's not a bad idea because if I launch with 25 and by 26, I'm sounding good and that's really going to be the next episode you get because you got to go manually get the other ones. Okay. I also think by episode, I don't know that it takes 25 episodes, but I was like, that's a thought. Then again, I go, well, here's another way to think about this. Instead of not letting the episodes go anywhere. So this is like my compromise. Instead of not letting your episodes go anywhere, instead of putting all your episodes out at the same time. So boom, they go on your website and you submit it to iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and Google Play Music. And of course, I've got tutorials at the School of Podcasting that will walk you through everything I just said. What if you do this? What if you put them out on your website and even in your feed, but realize you can have all this stuff in the feed. Nothing automatically goes to iTunes unless you're using something funky like Anchor, who then own your feed. Let's not even go down that tangent, Sowie. But I know, no, see, Bernie hates Anchor too. He's like, yeah, Anchor's a joke. So, um, but nothing's going to go to iTunes automatically. Nothing's going to go to Stitcher automatically. Nothing's going to go to TuneIn automatically. Nothing's going to go to Google Play Music. Those are things that you have to submit to to be accepted. Yes, you submit once and not again. No, just only once, Bernie, all right? I knew he was going to do this because I just got home and he's like, dude, pet me some more. So keep that in mind. When you, when you let's say you're using Libsyn, Blueberry, Podbean, um, did I say Blueberry? Spreaker. None of these go to, to iTunes automatically. You have to submit them. So the compromise now, instead of putting it everywhere at once, poof, how about you do this? You put it on your website one a week. Here's another one. Here's another one. And in those episodes, of course, you're asking for feedback. And of course, on your website, you have a contact button where it's easy to do that. Now, granted, the only people that are going to find this is through Google search and maybe friends and family. And maybe what you ought to do is you think about this, and this is where I go, hmm, you know, if we're going, maybe those first 24 episodes aren't that good. I'm like, hey, let's back up a second. Here's a novel idea. Maybe you should find some people, maybe from a Facebook group, and say, hey, I'm getting ready to launch a show, and I would love some feedback. Get yourself a little focus group before you do 25 episodes. Let them listen to episode one and two. Get some feedback before you go doing 23 episodes that are caca a poo-poo. Then put them on the website. Let them soak up a little sun in the, the lovely glow of the internet. And then when you are confident that the information in these episodes is going to have a positive impact on your audience, then submit them to iTunes, better known as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play, and tell all your friends and family, and promote it on your email list if you have one, and pass out business cards to everywhere you go, and anything else you can do to promote your podcast on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You you basically do the launch that everybody's talking about. Because by doing that, then you can get feedback as you're creating it, thus avoiding doing 23 episodes that people hate. And again, you you get a little more confidence and then you can launch into Apple podcasts with a big old number. If that's what you want to do for me, I I would say if somebody asked me today, Dave, I'm doing a podcast. How many episodes should I have? I would say three. 
If you want to do five, five, great. If you want to do eight, great. If you want to do 25, great. You can do it with one, by the way. If you didn't know that, you can launch with one. You only need one. But the point here is always be open for feedback because my original thought was, well, if you if you launch with 25, nobody's going to hear the first 24. And somebody said, yeah, but usually your first podcast stink. And I went, you know, that's true. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. And only the people who are really into your show will go download the ones manually. I'm like, you know what? That's maybe that's not a bad thing. And uh, I am worried about pre-fading, but I'm open to ideas because sometimes your idea and my idea, you can come up with something better. So do I have an official strategy for launch? Not right now, but here's the thing. You know why? Because I'm accepting new information into my brain to see how it will influence my beliefs. And by being open to new beliefs, new data, you can grow. I'll give you one other example here as we get out the door. I do a show called the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Been trying to lose weight, lost some weight, gained most of it back. And every book I read says, the older you get, you need to do resistance training. And I don't like resistance. No pain, no gain. I say no pain. Hate weightlifting. But I finally read this book and I said, look, if you just push through, if you just push through, it's not that bad. You won't be quite so sore. And I took that new bit of data and I went, I wonder if that's true. Only one way to find out. So I, I, for better part of a week and a half, every other day I was lifting weights, really pushing my body. And sure enough, first day was sore is, is yeah, it was not fun. Second time I did it and a little less sore by the end of a week and a half, I really wasn't that big a deal, but I had to open up my brain and go, cause I, my brain was like no pain, no gain. I'm saying no pain. And so now I'm actually, I'm not looking forward to lifting weights, but I'm not against it. Why? Because I let new data in. Now, keep in mind that if somebody, if you're doing the red show and you love the red show, I'm just using colors here. And somebody says, I want you to talk about green. And you're like, "Mm, not really interested in green. I'm not saying you should follow everything your audience says. And like Joe from Stacking Benjamin says, if what they want is for you to give away all your content for free, including the stuff you charge for, which helps put food on your kitchen table, that's not going to work. As long as as it's in the um, concept, the overall plan of the podcast, then maybe that feedback might be something to do. If you're getting a lot of negative feedback, you know, you've been asking for reviews and hey, you got some. Are you going to be open to that? Because you're not going to grow unless you're open to feedback. So today I shared some things that I used to be like, sorry, we're closed. And I was like, you know what? Uh, Maybe, maybe you're getting more downloads from new and noteworthy than I thought. All of my studies had said no, but somebody gave me one again, thanks to the guys over at thepodcasthost.com for sharing their uh, very transparent report. Then uh, Ravi from CoolCastPlayer.com said, "Uh, you know what? Don't disregard that front page player. It might bring you a couple thousand downloads. Okay. Don't want to ignore that. David Hooper said, you know what? I recommend launching with 25. And I was like, are you crazy? And then I thought about it. I'm like, 
there might be a compromise here. There might be a way to do that. Don't just shut people out. Uh, there's a great book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the things you can do to boost your communication, listen up, married people, is to understand the other person's point of view before you try to get your point of view across. That is so much easier said than done in some cases, but I can say from personal use that really, 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 really is good advice. So, but you got to be open. You got to be open to new data into your brain. And I'm glad I keep my brain open. It's uh, because I love to think. And uh, speaking of thinking, I want to say, give a shout out to Randy Cantrell. He does the Leaning Toward Wisdom show. Uh, He has a show over at growgreat.com. He just recently did, he rebranded the show. And uh, so if you are uh, thinking that, oh, you know what? I shouldn't have done that with my show. Uh, did you know that you can actually, your your podcast is a recipe. It's not a statue. And so it used to be called Grow Great. It's now called the Peer Advantage Podcast. And uh, Randy kept me company on all the way home from Cincinnati to uh, Akron as I was driving back. So if you haven't checked those out, uh, those are some good shows. To me, that's like, uh, it, it's food for the brain. It's kind of a it's all kind of a self helpy kind of thing, but if you can make me think, I'm down for it. And today we're talking about getting new concepts to get you to think. Now, the last thing I need you to think about is, he said, pulling up a calendar. Last week I made this way too complicated. It's really easy. Answer both of these by November twentieth. <clears throat> And last week I made this way too complicated. We're going to make it super easy. Answer both of these by November 20th. The first question is, what will you be doing differently in 2018 with your podcast? You can email me, dave at schoolofpodcasting.com, and just attach your MP3 file. Now, if you go, Dave, I don't have any recording equipment or things like that, schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact has all the ways that you can contact me. I do prefer it's audio versus something like email because it's going to go in the podcast. I just want to hear it in your own voice. So again, subject line, 2018, davidschoolofpodcasting.com. Record something, email it to me. What will you be doing differently in 2018? Need that by November 20th. The other thing I need by November 20th, so while you got your microphone out recording these, what is your one Favorite podcast one. I know it's like Meryl Streep in that movie. You got to choose your favorite kid. Yes, you have to choose your favorite kid. What is your one favorite podcast? And and this is the important part. Why? Plus, introduce yourself. Give us your website and where we can find your show. And then tell us the name of the show, what it's about, why you love it, and then where we can find it. So let's do a fake one. I would go, hey, Dave, this is Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. I do a show where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. You can find me at school of podcasting.com. My favorite podcast is the Coco Roast podcast with Gwen and Nico. Nico is hilarious. You never know what you're going to get with that guy. And I've been listening for three years. And plus, I just love Coco. I love roasting. You can find it at Nico and 
NicoCocoRoast.biz or whatever the website is. And thanks so much for everything you do, yada, 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 blah. Super easy, simple, takes you all two seconds. Don't overthink it. And again, now with that one, email me with the subject line, my favorite podcast is 2017. If you're going to send two, please send me two separate emails so I can keep them separate because that one will be used on Christmas Day 2017 will be the last episode of the School of Podcasting for this year. That's the last Monday. So I need those both by November 20th. So get on it now and get those in. I deeply, deeply appreciate it and I look forward to hearing from you. Now, if one of the new things you want to do in 2018 is to start a podcast in six weeks, I got a website for you, startapodcastin6weeks.com. That is a live group coaching that I will be doing. We'll be meeting on Saturdays, so you don't have to worry about having a conflict. And if you're interested in this, I'm working on the pricing and all the features are going to be adding to that. Really excited about this. This is a good way to start off the year. Just again, go to startapodcastin6weeks.com. And if you're like, Dave, I can't wait till next year, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER, and that will save on either your first month or a whole year. And you can jump into the tutorials and be ready to go. You want to have, if you're going to do a podcast in 2018 and you want it available Starting in January, you got to keep in mind that Apple takes off a big chunk of December. So you want that bad boy, at least a trailer, by like, say, December 15th. Something to keep in mind. So if you want to tap into my experience to help you avoid little headaches like that, again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. For those of you keeping track at home, I had seven mess-ups. I did not keep the bloopers because, well, I'm kind of in a hurry. It's 11.53, and I have seven minutes to export this, upload it to Libsyn, and hit publish. So I will make my deadline. I now return you to your regularly scheduled exit music. Music.